On today's episode, we are talking about all things mom life and how there are so many pressures placed on mamas today and just women in general in our society. So we're talking a little bit about that as well as different phases of life and learning to listen to your body, focus on your symptoms and what makes you feel good and stop worrying so much uh, about the number on the scale. So let's dive in. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Happy Monday. Hi, guys. So thankful I don't sound like a man anymore. I know. Last week was rough for Liz with recording. I generally have a lower voice, and so I always sound like a man. (laughs) Not like some women I know. No, no, it's definitely not. Um, But the weird thing is that my sister and I have, like, eerily similar voices. So if... For whatever reason, like my parents, my I remember my when I was in high school and college, and I would call my dad. He would always be like, "Hi, Julie." Like it's Becca, <laughs> because we sound that much alike. Oh my god, strange. My sisters and I do not sound anything alike. <laughs> we look alike in some ways, but yeah. we definitely don't sound. Yeah. My sister and I used to look a lot more alike, and I think as we've gotten older, we've kind of gradually developed our own yeah. styles and different looks and. Um, yeah. So, and I, you know, we are talking today about how things change over time. Cause I think that we get so locked in as females on like what used to be, what we used to look like. Um, and you know, it's life changes. We go through ebbs and flows and there's different phases of life. Children come along, which are amazing things, but they also change things heavily. Um, and we want to kind of to talk today around mom life a little bit and the pressures of society that unfortunately have become so, so big and social media does not help this. Um, but you know, unfortunately as a female in today, you kind of are someone that like is expected to get pregnant with no issues, have a baby, bounce back to pre-baby weight, no problem, hold a job, a good career, right? Nothing like basic or simple, like you're supposed to have a good career and then also basically be a stay-at-home mom because, you know, you have to do both um, and take care of yourself. And I don't know, even just listing those things gives me stress. Um, And it's just, it's hard because we also see on social media, these people that touch up photos and Mm -hmm. (laughs) things are not real on social media. Um, People show the best version of themselves, which Liz and I both try to be very real on social media. Um, You know, like I'm not going to expose my family for like horrible situations that we experience. I think everyone goes through hard things, but in general, like most people are really only showing the, the family photos they took outside, but not like the eight meltdowns that happened or the yogurt that my child spilled on his blue pants that now you can see it. Like, you know, it's just, <laughs> I think that today it's really hard being a female and even more so a mom. Um, and we kind of wanted to talk about that today. And 
Yeah. And then you're expected to have, like, I just think thinking about, you know, all of the messes, like I, my house on a Friday night is pretty darn clean, but that's because I have Friday afternoon to like clean up <laughs> things. Know. Right. And then I decide on Saturday that, I, oh, now I'm going to meal prep and make a huge mess in the kitchen that uh, I just cleaned yesterday. Why but do I always do it that order? I don't, I know. I did it this weekend too. And I always, as, as you know, get my nails done right mm-hmm. before some big project that we need to do. And I'm like, I need to stop doing this. I need to plan my life a little bit differently, but you know, you're expected to have like a pristine house, laundry always done, folded nicely and do just all of the things on top of all of the things and then have patience, Mm. right? And be the best wife Mm -hmm. and loving and, you know, prioritize your marriage and time together and intimacy and, you know, never get really mad at your kids. But yeah, you have all of these hats that you're trying to wear and juggle. And most of the time, I'm just going to say this for me personally, some balls are getting dropped at, you know, there's lots of balls dropped. <laughs> lots of balls dropped um, at one time. Things are just, you know, sometimes back on me like, what is actually happening? Like, why is my child acting like a little demon devil when yesterday was totally fine? And then, you know, things are just like imploding. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you somehow bring it all back together yeah. and things always seem to work out. Um, and I think this is, you know, an important piece to say, you know, so much credit to single moms. We have some clients that are single moms that, you know, whether uh, it was a divorce situation or a widow situation or whatever, like I can't even imagine. And I only have one, you have two. And I know it's really hard when Nick is, you know, gone, like how people do it without having a good, strong support system. So we want to recognize that too. um, And just, you know, basically tell you guys today, if you feel like all of this pressure is on you and you just can't keep up and it's just too much to handle some days, I think we're right there with you. Yeah. You know, I think to have, it's important to have, listen, spouses can be very supportive. Like I, I lean on Nick a lot, but to be totally honest, I do not go and, you know, I hate to use the word complain, but sometimes complain to him about like, I'm exhausted. Our kids are a lot like, because here's an example. I love my husband, but I think that this is like most men. <laughs> So Saturday night or Sunday night, I, we were laying on the couch after getting both kids to sleep. And I was like laying on her shoulder and I was like, I love our kids, but like, they just make me tired. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you were kind of angry this weekend. And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> it's So Taylor's in a phase, let me preface. Taylor's in a phase right now where literally if I'm around, she wants nothing to do with Nick. She wants nothing to do with anyone and only with me. But she's also whiny. Like she whines at my legs. She whines if I don't pick her up. She's fussy. And when I'm not around and we went, so we went out to get, grab coffee and donuts before church on Sunday. And apparently, so Nick usually takes the kids by himself because I volunteer at church. And so he'll drop me off at church. Then I'll take the kids. Then they'll come to church together. And there's an old couple that always is there on Sundays that like they now know Nick and my kids. Mm -hmm. And they said, she's not usually this fussy. She's, she seems so upset today. Normally she's so happy. And I'm like, so is Taylor just like a happier child in general when I'm not around? I don't understand. And so it is exhausting because when she is awake, if I am present with her, she wants nothing to do with anyone else. And she's very fussy and whiny. And I know it's a phase and I love her and I, I, I love every moment with it, but it's very tiring. And so I sometimes need a female to go to and be like, I'm tired. My kids are making me tired. 
Becca texted me and said, Taylor just gave me a headache this morning. Good God. And I was like, oh, sounds like your Sunday's off to a great start. And sometimes um, your spouse just can't be that because right. it's just different. And I lo- again, I love my husband. I know that the- he's very, he's a great husband. He's very helpful. But he, it obviously, it's just not the same emotions and pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need Liz or, you know, my sister yeah. or I think every mom needs, needs. a, needs a mom friend mm-hmm. or community. Yeah, absolutely. And just to also know that it's okay to express your feelings and your emotions and you're probably going to lose your shit some days. Like I lose my shit sometimes. Like I yell more than, you know, I would like to in certain moments because my child just does not, we're in a not listening phase. Um, very strong willed child that we have, uh, but it's also my my son and our son. So what do we uh, expect here? And, um, you know, I think we often just think that it's part of mom life that we have to put on this, you know, show that everything is fine and that we're fine and that we're never internally like breaking down or Mm -hmm. losing, you know, our mind. And that's just not really the reality. I think for anybody, unless you have, you know, a nanny, a really strong support system, Mm -hmm. you have a lot of people surrounding you that, you know, give you the time that you need for help. Um, I don't think it's like that for anybody. You know, I was actually talking with a mom on uh, Friday at the gym last week, I met, uh, a new lady in class and she normally doesn't go to that time. And I normally don't go to that time, but it was really nice to meet her. And then we uh, saw each other on Saturday and her husband was there and she was telling me that they have a nanny that comes to their house four thirty AM twice a week so that they can go to the gym together. Oh, wow. Because that's the only time they see each other. And mm-hmm. she said all of the other days they rotate. And so that's what I was telling her is like, yeah, my husband goes to the gym at four 30 so I can get here by six. Typically some days if my schedule allows, he'll go an hour later. Cause who wants to go to the gym at four 30 right. so that I can go at seven. I'm like, it's, it's a constant juggle and it's a constant mm-hmm. you know, battle. So I asked her, I'm like, so you guys have this nanny just for you to get to the gym? And she said, yeah. And a lot of people think that it's, you know, kind of crazy and like far out there, but she's like, it's almost like our date that we yeah. have together because that's the only time that we ever just the two mm-hmm. of us can do something. Yeah. And I think sometimes, a lot, and I know for me too, like you kind of, I feel like I'm failing as a mom when I have to ask for that help, you know, and it's, it's internal pressure. And that's the biggest thing is yes, society puts a lot of this on people because of unrealistic pictures that people put on of their lives. And so you feel you have to recreate that even though it's not actually real. Um, but I think in general, we put the pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. like this morning. I, Carson woke up sick and I was planning on going to Liz's, taking the kids to my mom's. So I actually had my mom come to our house and Nick was like, I'll work from home and we can, you know, help. Um, and I was like, well, honestly, like I need to go to Liz's to podcast. And Liz was like, we can podcast separately. I knew if I was home, I would not get as much done because again, my child, I would have to like put curtains on our office doors. So she didn't know I was in there. Um, but I was like, well, maybe I'll stay home. And Nick was like, well, if you stay home, I'm going to go to work. Zero hesitation. Like he's like, I don't care. I'll leave. But me, I'm like, I should stay home with my sick children. And that is now I feel guilt leaving. And so it's just this internal pressure. And if I were to hire someone or if I were to ask for this help, I feel guilty every time I ask my mother-in-law or my mom for help with my kids. If like they're sick or, you know, whatever. But in the same token, I don't know how people keep jobs these days. Like I have been home with my children so much in the past two months with Mm -hmm. both of them rotating sicknesses. And fortunately we have very understanding clients that I can like move calls and take them at different times. But like legit, I don't know if I had a normal job, how I would be keeping a job right now. 
Yeah. Well, it, this brings me back to last Christmas when we had Marcus out of school for six weeks. I remember that. Oh my God. And so by week four, I call. So, um, speech therapist was here at that point in time. We got a message that she had COVID. So, okay, we should test ourselves. It's the right thing to do. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So anyways, political correctness, Liz, um, <laughs> apparently have COVID art, uh, tested positive, even though he was asymptomatic, you know, just those at home tests. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we follow the five-day rule. Then we had a trip planned. We get to leave. We go there. We come home. Marcus now has COVID. I'm like, okay. A week goes by. Everything's fine. He's kind of asymptomatic, whatever. He's getting ready to go back to school. I test positive. And so at that time, if you know the parent was positive, the child has to stay out of school and so forth. And so it was just like this never-ending cycle. And so at one point, the daycare director was like, how do you still have a job? And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you say that and like you're joking, but it's a really strong question. Like how do people still have jobs? I'm like, if I worked for corporate, I would be out of my vacation by now, Mm -hmm. probably just get fired because they're like, we need somebody that can actually do the work. Right. Um, and I have a day that I'm going to have Marcus with me next Wednesday all day. I already have guilt because it's a Mm -hmm. working day. Right. And so it's like this double edged sword that you're guilty if you have to take a day off of work to be with your kids. And then, you know, also guilty that you're working and not being with your yes. kids. It's it's just, it comes from all directions. And so we wanted to kind of talk today, one, being that like that person you have to be able to hear, like everyone goes through this. You can, you know, if you ever need to reach out to Liz and I to have a little complaining session or just have a little vent, because guess what? Crying helps activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps relax your body. It's very therapeutic to release your emotions and not hold them up. I have noticed, I don't know if things are just more heightened lately or like if I'm just more stressed lately. Maybe it's because my kids are constantly home, but closer to my cycle the past two months, I've had moments of like almost starting to cry at certain points. Which is totally not like you. Totally unlike me. Um, And I think it's just, I try to put on that I'm fine and everything's fine. And like, I try to be strong for my kids and I'll be honest, if, and I posted about this last week, if I did not take care of myself, I would not be mm-hmm. mentally stable to where I am and be able to show up for my family and have a you know positive attitude, apparently not a positive enough, according to my husband some days. But <laughs> I, uh, listen, he was gone golfing what's all wrong, day Saturday. What's wrong with your face? Like, no, why are he, you looking that way? And you're like, I it's could, just my face. I had clear frustration come Saturday, Sunday morning because Taylor was just like, like I said, she doesn't want, and I feel bad because literally if Nick tries to take her, she turns her head away from him, screams and pushes him away. And so like as a father that wants your daughter to love you, I'm sure it's hard on him too. Cause yeah. he like literally cannot help me. Like she screams and arches her back if she sees me and I'm around and he's holding on to her. Mm-hmm. So I have to take like the whole load. But when I'm not like they were playing, I was in, out in the garage working out the other day. He took both of them. They were playing. She was having so much fun. And so like, I now feel guilt that she's miserable with me somehow. Anyways, we want you to understand that this is normal. The feelings are normal, but how do you make it a little bit better? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you still show up for yourself? Because I think like we've talked about many podcasts above all else, you need to take care of yourself so Mm -hmm. you can be there for other people. You have to be your first priority. And we can go down all of the motivational speeches about putting your oxygen mask on first and all of these things. But I 1000% agree. Like I would be not uh, in a good place, I think mentally or just emotionally, if I didn't make that time for my exercise. I do a lot of walks actually last night um, when we were uh, over at our neighbor's 
we were meeting some new neighbors that uh, just moved in like maybe a year ago and hadn't you know met them yet. And like, oh, you guys are the, the gym people. And like, you're always walking. And I'm like, I am <laughs> always walking because, you know, it was 75 hard. I was out there mm-hmm. and that's my sanity. I've gone for two walks today. Like I really, really enjoy stepping away, getting outside in nature. doesn't matter if it's, you know, rainy, cold, snowing, whatever. Like that's part of what I do. Becca has been doing, you know, some new cold therapy for herself. And like, I just think it's important that you always make the time that you need, because if you don't, then you show up and you are less patient, right? You're more frustrated, you're more snippy or whatever. And so if you can make that time, and sometimes that does require you getting up at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. to work out or fit it in whenever you need to, you need to make that time for you and, and make it a non-negotiable. Ask for help. Talk to, you know, people in your circle, your corner. Hey, if it's, you know, something that you need to do midday, boss, can I have 12 o'clock to one o'clock to go work out, you know, on my lunch hour or however you have to get it done, get that time in for you because that will only make you better. And I think, you know, when we look at just the laundry list, I said this to one of our clients earlier, because I've been thinking about it myself too, like the laundry list of things that need to get done all these tasks that you want to do around your house. Like there's still things that I want to organize, finish organizing my office that I started. You know, it's like all these things, it gets really overwhelming. What I do is one, I space things apart. So like I'll start throwing laundry in like midweek, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I will start picking up, you know, in different rooms or vacuum a room here nor there. Usually most of the cleaning is done on the weekend, but cooking the same thing, right? Saturday or Sunday. If you guys watched my stories this past weekend, Saturday, I did a little bit of cooking Sunday. I finished it up for the week. And so maximize your time, utilize, you know, your time, the most effective as you can. Um, if you have an hour, could you start the laundry, turn the oven on, get something in the instant pot and, you know, roast some vegetables and then have chicken shredded for the week. Like you could mm-hmm. do these things, right? But people don't often think of it that way. They think no. that like, I you know, need a three-hour event to meal prep, and I don't even do it because it's overwhelming just to go to the grocery store and buy the things. Okay, so we've talked about this before too, like Instacart, utilize services, you know, like the mm-hmm. factor meals or whatever you've been yeah. using. Yeah, I like Paleo Power Plate or Power Plate Meals. Um, there's another one that just started. I got to find the name of it. But yeah, I use those when Nick's out of town because I just don't want to cook. Um, I've been doing more fun things the past couple of weeks because I was getting really bored of like the basic protein, vegetable, fat. Um, so, and I think the biggest thing too is <clears throat> understanding your priorities and then your expectations. So for example, we talk to a lot of people that are like, it bothers me when my house isn't clean. Okay. Then if you need to spend more time cleaning your house, realize you're not going to be able to put as much time towards exercising or cooking or whatever it might be. That's just the reality of it. You, so, you have, only have so many hours in a day or you need to hire someone. You need to hire a cleaning lady if it's creating, creating that much stretch, stress. But if you're like, I need to exercise, I need to do that and I'm not, okay, maybe you need to be okay then with your house being a little bit less clean constantly. Like there has to be some give and take. And then I also try to evaluate what can I do when the kids are around? What can I not do when the kids are around? This is a big thing that I talk and try to get Nick to understand Um, because I have the kids more. It's just the reality of it. He has to drive an hour to and from work. He doesn't get home until 6.30. He leaves at like 7.30 in the morning. I take the kids to daycare. I pick them up. I'm with them usually for an hour until he gets home. And sometimes I don't do the dishes until the evening. So when he works from home, Liz is laughing because she knows this is the case. Um, And I think Art feels similarly sometimes. So when I work from home, I often leave dishes in the sink. 
And if he works from home with me, he's like, I don't understand why you can't clean them. And I'm like, listen, I can clean them when the kids are around. I cannot work when the kids are around. And so when I have time to work, I'm going to take advantage of that time. I feel the same way about like folding laundry. I can fold laundry when the kids are around. I cannot exercise when the kids are around. So I prioritize those things for times they are sleeping or times that they are at daycare or times that someone has them that can take care of them for me. And so look at what you're doing when the kids are around versus when the kids aren't around and maybe start to shift when you do things because there are certain things that you know, you just can't do when your kids are around. They need too much of your attention, at least when they're little, of course. Um, so that's something that's helped me a lot too, is just evaluating. And like Liz was saying, taking different days of the week, like it will take me three days to probably fold a load of laundry or two because I'll chip away at it at night as I'm playing with the kids or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and same thing with, you know, cleaning the house and so forth. So try to evaluate your day in different ways and your weeks and look at when you're doing things and think about truly what's most important to you. Because if you cannot live your life, if your house isn't clean, you're going to have to give up other things in other areas and be okay with that. Or outsource, right? Yep. If you can, you know, afford that, hire a cleaning lady, ask for help in that. I know that, you know, some people have different perspectives. I think it's one of the best investments that you can make if that's mm -hmm. something that's really, you know, important to you or to your spouse, I would say too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then I think as your kids get older, one of the things that we will do for Marcus is like make a little chore chart, right? Like yep. you can help take the garbage out. You mm -hmm. can uh, pick up after yourself and pick up your clothes mm -hmm. and all of these things. But um, it's so funny that you mentioned like folding the laundry when the kids are around because <laughs> Marcus is just, he's in, again, he's just in one of those phases where like whatever I can destroy that, mm. you know, is in my um ability I'm going to destroy. So I had folded a bunch of laundry last week and he just started jumping on it, you know, and yeah. unfolded it all. And I was yeah. like, this is really, really Mine's on great. a table that like Taylor can't reach and yeah. Carson's like uninterested. So yeah, I was doing it on our bed, which is probably, yeah, cool, but that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I think, you know, from day to day, like pick what is your priority and then, you know, what really is going to be the most impactful for you and your sanity, mm -hmm. right? As Becca was saying is like, what are the things that stress you out? I kind of look at, um, you know, our work the same way. So when I'm sitting down to, you know, prioritize for the day, what tasks need to get done, what yep. projects, you know, or, you know, who needs to be followed up with, I have a, a task for every single day, a, a list for every single day. And, you know, I put the lowest hanging fruit at the bottom of that list. So if it doesn't happen Tuesday, then I can move that task over to the next day. And I love, um, like Emily Frisella with the paper and plan co she's got some different, um, you know, notepads and everything. If you guys have not, um, looked at her stuff, she's got a, a lot of things. If you enjoy, you know, writing things out yep. and being like pen to paper, Yep. but she has a couple of uh, pads that are basically this priority to-do list and then a running to-do list of things like I would like mm -hmm. to get done. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think there's a lot of things just looking around, you know, in here, there's a lot of things that I would like to get done, yeah. uh, but they're not a priority for today. So pick the top two to three things and just know that you can't do it all, all the time. Yeah. If you need a day off, if you need to sit on the couch and watch a movie and, you know, make some popcorn or something with a glass of wine, like that's okay too. Like I think a lot of people just go, go, go. They're so air quote here, like busy mm. that they don't ever really take the time to just chill. And I know that I struggle with this. So this is why I'm, you know, kind of bringing this up. It's hard for me to sit down and watch a show and not be thinking about other things that I should be doing, yeah. such as all of the things that we've, you know, already previously talked about here with the laundry and work and so forth. Um, and so I'm just always thinking about ways that I can be a bit more relaxed, but also still fill my cup up 
Um, if that makes sense, because I think, you know, what works for some people doesn't work for other people. Like if mm-hmm. you told me to go to yoga class, that's not my mm-hmm. jam. That's not my Zen zone. Like I just want to get out of there as fast as I can after yep. like 20 minutes, but I can do other things that maybe other people like walking in nature don't mm-hmm. find enjoyable. So you got to find what makes you tick. Yeah, for sure. And I think the last piece that we wanted to talk about here and something that we referenced in the title of the podcast around weight gain, um, I think it's hard because a lot of times after having children or in different phases of life, you just find yourself in a different body, you know? And I think that a lot of the displease stems not from the weight, honestly. I think it stems from one, either not doing things for yourself that you know you should be doing, or you just don't feel good. Those are very different than weight on a scale. And I think, unfortunately, in our society, we associate it all with weight. Like, if I was this weight, I would feel better. I would be happier or whatever it is. It's not the weight, guys. It's like, if I showed up for myself when I say I'm going to, I would probably feel better, regardless of the weight. If I didn't sleep like crap, be constipated three days a week, and have bloating after every meal, I would feel better, not the weight. And so try and disassociate the weight with what's going on in your life and try to instead pay attention to what's driving the displease and the unhappiness. Because sometimes weight gain is not necessarily a bad thing. I'll be honest. I think, and I don't know if anyone else feels this way, having kids was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me in terms of my body image. Like I found being selfless and realizing there was a bigger thing than me in this world to me. Mm-hmm. And that may sound like really horrible. I feel like that might've sounded really horrible, but like children made me be like, oh wait, I'm not the most important thing in this world and how I look. Like that's not it. It's being there for other people and having a bigger purpose beyond just like how my body composition appears. And it hasn't dis- you know, disassociated from how I feel that is my quest now. Like I want to feel amazing. And that's me showing up for myself and making sure that my health is a priority, which Liz and I have both been on different health journeys and why I've been doing a lot more cold therapy, why I've been doing a lot more things to help my body counter all of the stress that goes on. Um, But yeah, I, I think that in general, stop associating weight with success or happiness because most of the time it, it's not a piece of it. Like, yes, it can be a part of it, but it's usually not the main piece by far. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to look at your day to day, what's driving the weight, right? Is it that you are not prioritizing fueling yourself appropriately, right? And so you're eating fast food, a bunch of convenience processed things, and then you're having all of these sugar and cravings for, um, and then you're having all of these cravings for sugar and salt, right? Because what, most of the time what we see for moms anyway, is that they prioritize feeding their kids and then they're kind of snacking and they're grazing throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Very low protein intake. Um, maybe one meal a day if they're lucky to actually sit down and, you know, maybe eat dinner. Uh, but they have very erratic eating patterns and therefore very erratic blood sugar. And then when our blood sugar is all up and down, this creates a stress on the body. And you combine that with all of the other stressors in your life that are driving, right, dysfunction in terms of, again, inflammatory processed foods, like things that just the body doesn't see as good quality nourishment, right? We want to have more fruits, vegetables, proteins, one ingredient, whole foods, right? And when we lack all of that, we place a big burden on the body. And then we wonder why we're struggling with bloating or gas or fatigue or waking up in the middle of the night constipated, right? Just all of these 
cravings and kind of feeling like uncontrolled around sugar or carbohydrates. And it's because you're, you're not nourishing yourself. You're so maybe even focused. I would say, you know, back when I did Weight Watchers, I was so focused on points, calories, right? And restricting as much as I possibly could that I lacked the nourishment and I lacked the nutrients that I needed. And that just made things 10 times worse. And so if you can get away from focusing on solely just like what the scale says, focus on how you feel, start to pay attention, how your meals make you feel, start to evaluate. Do I feel a little bit better if I have more protein, more fat compared to a very carb dense meal? right? We always say people, you know, feeling tired or bloated or gassy after meals is because of the imbalance of that meal. We see a lot of high carb, high fat, uh, meals such as let's say pizza or burgers and fries, right? And maybe that person's struggling digestively already. don't have, um, the necessary enzymes to break these things down or the bile to, uh, you know, break all of this fat down, minimal protein. They just stay in the cycle and on this loop, right? And then they wonder why they plateau. And where do I go if I have already counted calories or I've already, you know, made a lot of changes when I plateau? What do I do? Do I increase my calories? Do I drop my calories more? Do I go keto? Like there's all of these questions. And I think if moms could just give themselves some grace, nourish your body and think about nourishing your body the way that you would nourish your kid. And I'm not talking about McDonald's here, right? Like give your kids food that they need to grow and to thrive not a bunch of processed things and do the same for yourself and everybody all around. I think in terms of also like the temper tantrums and the behavioral uh, things that we see with kids that are constantly consuming processed foods and mm-hmm. sugar. I mean, yesterday we went to uh, Marcus's daycare and I had signed up to bring like a fruit and veggie tray. And I loved that when, you know, we got there, the kids were all about the fruit because they had like 20 minutes later, three different trays of donut holes, Mm. two different types of cookies. Then they were handing out like the veggie uh, ghost straws or whatever. And so like, I look at that and I'm like, besides the fruit, everything here was processed, Mm -hmm. right? I don't want him eating all of this stuff. And I actually said to his teacher, no, thank you because we're going to go trick or treating. He doesn't need sugar before sugar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, I, you get the back and forth. And this is again, social media. There's so many people that are like, just let your kid have the candy. Let your Mm -hmm. kid. I know a lot of kids that are hypersensitive to sugar and it makes them sick. It can completely throw them into like hyper mode into full on crashes. And then honestly, I, I just feel bad for my kid. Like when he is in this moment of, he can't even control his emotions because his blood sugar is so off the charts. And then he has crashes. Like I feel bad for him and what he's going through. That that's that is not depriving my child of sugar. That is I'm trying to protect him because he doesn't understand any better right now. And so, you know, to each their own. Like I, I'm never judging a parent, but don't judge people for choosing to do otherwise. Like if you're not going to judge someone for letting them have the candy, don't turn around and judge someone for not letting them have the candy. Like let each parent raise their children how they choose to raise their children because we need diversity in this world. We need different opinions in this world and we need to be able to speak about those different opinions in this world. And I understand that social media is a very polarizing place. And in general, you're going to have those different opinions because honestly, that's how you get viewers. That's how you get people to look at things. If you're vanilla, if you're nice and calm, no one cares. You got to have a little bit of fire underneath your posts. So I get that piece. But in general, absolutely. Carson had a picture from daycare yesterday and it was like a cupcake with frosting. He had some like sugar laden trail mix and then a juice box. 
And I mean, at least they were honest kids juice box. It wasn't like yeah. a Capri Sun, but even then. And so when I talk to Carson, I don't restrict things. I just heavily moderate things because he'll try and have, you know, a yogurt pouch with lunch that's like he eats chicken strips right now, which I buy like the gluten-free organic ones, the best I can get if they're still chicken strips. But like he does that with, you know, yogurt. And then he wants, I gave him always fruit and some fats. But then he's like, can I have the apple juice that my mom got me? And it's like this like woody apple Mm -hmm. juice. I don't know. It's not. And so I'm like, you can have half of it and we can have the other half tomorrow. Like it's, you can have some and it's just him starting to, and he, I can tell now he understands. Mm-hmm. He understands that sugar should not be eaten in large amounts. And I think it's working because I will say, and maybe he's just growing out of his phase of like the three-year-old phase, but like he's been much more mild-mannered. He has not been as crazy as he was, you know, six months ago. So, and I agree with you in terms of like you feel bad for them when they're coming down like this sugar <laughs> crash, right? But it's also really frustrating as parents. And so the mm-hmm. question that I always have to ask myself is, am I ready for this? Yeah. Because it's ultimately my fault. Mm-hmm. He's three years old. I mean, yeah, he is getting into the cabinet now and getting up onto the chair and getting himself a marshmallow. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> please stop, you know, climbing into the cabinet to get some of these things, but I can still control the amount of it. And it was really cool mm-hmm. yesterday, like trick or treating. It was the experience, right? So our neighbors, they have twins. Um, and we were talking a lot. They were over on Saturday and we're like, we're going to give them the experience, but then we're going to get all of that stuff out of our house. And that's exactly what we did. We put most of it, uh, into basically the garbage can. It's in the garage. I'm going to give it away tomorrow. But when he woke up this morning, he didn't ask about all of the other junk, No, right? He wanted the experience of it. He's got his Play-Doh. He's got some other like leftover, just um, like pirate's booty and crackers and stuff like that. So I'm, and I'm totally fine with him having some of the sugar, but I said, you only get to pick a few of these. You don't need to keep, I mean, we had like three buckets full of candy. It was pretty Mm. crazy, you know, because it's ultimately my fault if I continue to allow him to have these things. And then I'm frustrated because he's blood sugars all over the place and he's angry and he's out of control. But Yet again, it's, it's looking in the mirror as a mom and saying, okay, while it might sound mean or restrictive or like, you know, some people would worry I'm setting up, you know, my kids for like a poor relationship with food. I don't see it that way at all. It's like educate them. You know, even in the morning time, we cannot have ice cream until you've had at least <laughs> eggs or yogurt or a protein bar. Cause he was for a while. He would go and get into the you know freezer and it's like, Marcus, we always have to have protein first. Yeah. We can't just start your day with sugar. So, you know, just know it's a constant battle. Even if you mm-hmm. don't keep a lot of this stuff in your house, we don't keep a lot of the stuff in our house. They're still exposed to these things, yeah. you know, in other places. So it's just a constant, um, you know, kind of awareness and kind of trying to just educate them um, while let them, you know, letting them still be kids at the same time. Yeah. And so we, we wanted to do today just to, I was having a moment this morning and I was actually listening to something that was talking about all of the pressures that get put on, get put on women in the United States and in society. And to be honest, how it was never like this, you know, like even when women worked back, you know, during like World War II, you know, as part of like the war support and efforts, they didn't go and sit in front of a computer all day. And, you know, they, they had support from family. They had like, they had other women to talk to. And I think, unfortunately, in today's society, Honestly, I think people are just mean and sad and unfulfilled. And so it's really hard to find people that are open and happy to talk to you and have relationships and, or it's harder to find those people. Um, People are just so judgy. There's just a lot of judgment in today's world, unfortunately. And so we wanted to have a, you know, a little chat today because yes, Liz and I are moms and Hey, listen, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. 
I don't know everything. I don't have teenagers. I haven't been through this rimmerang of, you know, parenting for that long. But I have understood the pressures that get put on women in society today and how hard it can be to be a mom and trying to also take care of yourself. And we wanted to give some insight around that. And then also to just pay attention to how you feel. Like it is a lot to be a mom, to be an employee, to be a wife, to try and be there for yourself. But at the end of the day, you cannot forget yourself and your body because it will not carry you through everything. You have to take care of it. You have to be in tune with it. And that does not just mean your weight. It means how your body feels, how it functions, how you feel, and then mentally too, how you're doing in terms of doing things for yourself, showing up for yourself, challenging yourself, because I think that's a big part. A disc, you need to have discomfort in your life. You need to have uncomfortable things you're doing, ways you're challenging yourself, and just evaluating it all and asking yourself, where can I make changes? If I'm not happy right now, if I'm not fulfilled, if, I'm not, if I don't feel well, where can I start to make changes? And then also, okay, if I'm going to make some changes, where maybe needs to give a little? And that's okay too. So hopefully you, you related today. Let us know if you did. Share it. Um, give us some reviews and likes. And uh, we will see you guys on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.